God finds faith wherever it is. He finds it in places that you and I would not suspect. He finds it in people that we would not give a chance. If faith is a needle in a haystack, God is going to find it. We, as human beings, we, well, the Bible tells us that we, the man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And we have a way of categorizing people and sin in a way that is different from the Lord. He can find the faith of a mustard seed that we may not even look at. Hebrews 11 is a chapter in the Bible that is known as the faith chapter. And in it, it contains a portion of scripture that has been called the hall of faith. Not the hall of fame, but the hall of faith. And within this hall of faith, there are 17 people that are commended to us as examples of faith, of people who put their faith in God. The faith, the hall of faith contains 17 names, 17 individuals who were example of faith in God. 15 of them are men and two are women. Among the men, the greats like Noah, Abraham, Moses, and the women. One of them is Sarah, the wife of Abraham. And of course, Abraham is the father of the faith, and they were the ones that left their place in Ur of the Chaldees and followed God. And then there is another woman that is mentioned, and she is a woman that is not a likely suspect for someone to be included in the hall of faith. And her name is Rahab. The Bible tells us that she was a harlot in Jericho. But as we read her story, we see that her, her life became, becomes a story of an incredible conversion to God. It's a story of great faith, of salvation, of redemption, of action, and destiny. It's a story of a legacy of faith. Hebrews 11 verse 31 records Rahab's faith this way. By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. So I, as we look at Rahab's life, we're going to go to Joshua 2. I want to encourage us the goal of this message is that we would be inspired to live a life of faith and to leave a legacy of faith. And so we're going to look at the, the life of Rahab and how she went from living in a completely corrupt city to doing something, finding faith in God, doing something incredible, and finding her name written in the hall of faith. So I, I don't know about you, but I want to leave a legacy of faith. And that requires that I live a life of faith. Amen? So we're going to look at this passage in, in Joshua chapter 2. And if you're taking notes, I have a couple points for you. The first one is this. To live and leave a legacy of faith, you need to profess a saving faith. 
If you and I are going to live and leave a legacy of faith, we must profess a saving faith in Jesus Christ. We must be people who confess and profess faith in Jesus. Ma uh, Jesus actually said it this way in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. So there seems to be something that Jesus is saying here that, that we need to be people who confess and profess our faith in Jesus. And as we look at the life of, of Rahab, we're going to see that she professed faith in God. Joshua 2, chapter 2, is an account about how Joshua, the leader of Israel, sends two spies into the land. And when the two spies get to Jericho, into the promised land, they get to the city of Jericho, they find a woman, and her name is Rahab. And Rahab professes faith in God. Now, you will remember that Moses, uh, uh, 38 years earlier, had sent 12 spies into the land, and only two came back with a good report. And so now Joshua has a chance to send spies in, and he says, no, I'm not going to send 12. I'm just going to send two. Hopefully we can get a, a, a duplicate of a good report uh, about what's going to happen here. So Joshua sent two spies into the city of Jericho. And if you pick it up, verse 1 in Joshua chapter 2, it says this, Now Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So the two spies go into the city of Jericho. They, they actually cross over the Jordan. They go into the city of Jericho. They're going to spy out the city of Jericho. And as we go through, and verse 1 continues, it says, So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. And so they, Joshua sends the spies into, into the land, into Jericho. They go into the land, these two spies, and they find a place to stay at the house of a woman named Rahab. And the, the text here tells us in verse 1 that she is a harlot. And we'll get to that just in a minute. Well, well, there are some down through history that because Rahab is a harlot, they have been embarrassed about the fact that then she shows up in the hall of faith, that she's, been, she's being commended to everyone as a person who has left a legacy of faith. And she's an example of saving faith. And so some have been embarrassed about that because the two spies were, went to her house and she was a prostitute. But we need, to, we need to take a look at this. She, she was a harlot, but there also is a secondary class of prostitute that we discover in Nelson's Bible Dictionary. It says this, a second class of prostitute consisted of those who owned bars or inns and had sexual relations with the patrons who desired the service. So, so you could have someone who was uh, just kind of had multi- multiple uh, businesses going, so to speak. And Rahab more than likely fell into that second definition. And she probably would have had clients who were merely looking for lodging, as well as those who had other uh, things on their mind as well. 
And, and so this would explain why the spies found uh, Rahab and a, a place to stay there because it was more than likely an inn that she kept some type of an inn. And so they lodged there. They lodged there. And the, the text goes on and um, she immediately knew, recognized that they were uh, of, the, of the Hebrew people, of the people of Israel. And the text here in, in Joshua 2 says that she hid the spies. In fact, verse 4 says this, Then the woman took the two men and hid them. This is Rahab begins to make a move towards God because she is now siding with the enemy of her own people, her own city, right? So she's making a move toward the people of God. She's making a move toward the God of Israel. God says it this way in, in, in his word. If you'll draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Amen? And that's a promise of God. Now, uh, it's also uh, told here in the text that the king of Jericho had gotten word uh, through their uh, intelligence, I guess, the uh, secret service of Jericho or what, what have you, uh, that discovered that two spies from the Hebrew people had come into the land. And, uh, and, and so um, the king sends men down to Rahab to question her. And at this time, Rahab hides the men in the roof of her, of her dwelling place, and it says that Rahab hid them under the flax that was drying there. In verse 6, it says this, but she had brought them up to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. And so, uh, so she's hiding the spies as they have come in. She knows the uh, secret service of Jericho is now coming in and going to question her. And so we're going to get to that in a second, but I want to just talk about this uh, flax on the roof. It, it, it shows us that indeed Rahab was an industrious person. She has an inn. She's involved in other things as we've spoken of. And she's out there. She's laying flax out uh, in order, it says, on the roof. And flax was a plant that was taken and dried out and woven into yarn and cloth for clothes. And so this was, uh, this, this, is, uh, this is telling us that she was an industrious per person. She was a, a businesswoman, if you will. And um, she, she may have been a sinner, as we all are, but she did have some virtues. She, she was industrious. And you see uh, the virtues of the woman in Proverbs 31 who worked with flax, um, that she was uh, industrious and she put her flax in order. And so uh, I'm just connecting some dots here with Rahab and the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31. In fact, if you read the whole text there in Proverbs 31 talking about the virtuous woman, it tells us that she's an industrious woman. She does not eat the bread of idleness. A person who lives a life of faith 
and leaves a legacy of faith, I believe is an industrious person, is a conscientious person, is an industrious person, because when you are involved in being industrious and you're involved in moving forward and, and being active in your life and specifically in your faith, then that leaves you in uh, positions and it causes you in a day-to-day -day basis to live out your faith and then others are going to see that around you. So we need to be industrious people uh, in whatever way that we possibly can. We need to be creative in the way that we seek out those ways to be industrious in our lives. Now the men sent from the king uh, were, were, uh, came and, and, and wanted to find out what where, where were the spies. And this is where Rahab just tells him, look, I don't know where they are. Um, and she kind of she fibs a little bit to, to, to these guys. And so they go out looking for the spies in the mountains. So beginning at verse 8, we see where uh, salvation begins to come to Rahab. Uh, we see this kind of brewing in her heart, uh, the things that she had been meditating on. And so she comes out with this awesome confession of faith, this off, awesome profession of faith and belief in the God of Israel. I'm going to read Joshua 2, verses 8 and 9. It says this, Now before they lay down, talking about the spies, she came up to them on the roof and she said to them, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the terror of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. This, we need to see the faith of Rahab in this statement. She is acknowledging the fact that the, the Lord, the God of the Israelites, the God of Israel has given them the land and is going to give them the city. And she is realizing this. She professes, I know God has given you the land. She goes on and testifies even more that she's heard of, of the God of Israel and what he has done. She says in verse 10, we have heard about what God did at the Red Sea, how you came across the Red Sea on dry land. She continues in verse 10, we heard about what God did when you wiped out the, the two kings of the Amorites on the east side of the Jordan River. Those kings were, the, were kings of the Amorites, Og and Sion. These were kings of the giants. And these were no small feats. In fact, in the book of Deuteronomy, it tells us about the bedstead of Og, the king of the Amorites, who's bed, I believe, check my memory here, was about 15, 16 feet. So this was a massive, massive man and uh, of the giants. Remember when Joshua goes into the land, there's giants in the land. And, and, and so they, they've defeated, Israel has defeated Og and Sion. And now word has gotten back into Jericho. And so the people of Jericho become faint-hearted. And, and Rahab is professing that God has give, is giving you the land. So she tells them, as soon as they heard all these things, that, the, that our hearts melted, the hearts of the people, the people of Jericho were scared. And so, and she would, Rahab would be a person who would know uh, 
a lot about how the people felt because she ran the inn there and all the other industries that she had going. And so she was uh, informed by all the uh, events of, of what was happening. The travelers would talk to her on their journeys and the experiences. And so she had heard about all these incredible things. And remember, you have to remember the, the crossing of the Red Sea is 40 years in the past. So, so this is something that has been building uh, and, and, and this uh, understanding of the God of Israel had been building in, in that area and in Jericho for, for a long time now. And then she goes from professing that God was going to give them the land to professing a faith and a belief in God, the God of heaven. In verse 11, she said, it says this, And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts mel melted, neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. And here is Rahab's, it's a declaration of faith in God. He's the God of heaven. He's the God of heaven above, and he's a God, he's God on earth as well. And she ascends to this faith in the God of Israel. Some, again, may be appalled at the fact that Rahab was a prostitute, or that she was, even in this text, seen to actually be fibbing or lying. But the fact is that we need to understand that she wasn't saved by her works. She was saved by faith. And if you read the New Testament, you read the whole Bible, you understand that you're saved first by faith. Faith alone in God alone. Putting your faith in God. Believing that he's the one that grants salvation. And so she ascends to that place of, of salvation, putting her faith in the God of heaven and on the earth beneath. She was not saved by her works, but by her faith. She knew who God was, and she knew who she was, and so she trusted God for her very life. And this is exactly where salvation begins, a life of faith begins. And I want to encourage you uh, to profess faith in Christ. Profess your faith. Confess your faith. Paul put it this way to the church at Rome, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So confess Jesus is Lord, but I want you to profess it. I want you to tell people, do people know that you, are a, that you profess faith in Jesus Christ? Or is that something hidden? Jesus put it this way in the Sermon on the Mount. Don't light the uh, candle and put it under a, a, a bush, but put it on a lampstand so the whole house can see. This is the idea of letting your light so shine before men. Profess that faith in God. Confess that he's Lord. Profess that you have a faith in the Lord. If you want to leave a legacy of faith, you've got to live a, a legacy of professing faith in Jesus Christ. Letting people know. Do, do, do people in your house know that you profess faith in Christ? Maybe today's the day that you let them know that you are professing faith in Christ. That section in, in Joshua 2 kind of continues where then she, Rahab, 
begs for the salvation of her family. And she, she asks the spies to show kindness. She knows that, that Israel's going to come in and uh, attack the city. And so she wants, um, she's asking for kindness. She's asking for salvation. It, it, she has a desire to see her family saved from the coming destruction that is going to happen. And I think if we're going to live a, a, a life of faith and leave a legacy of faith, we have to have that same desire in our hearts. We, 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 we have said it, and my father and mother before me have said it when we were kids, that the number one most important thing in, in, in the family was that their kids were saved and serving Christ. And I have said it, and it's the number one most important thing. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters because I've said it before. I've said it last week or two weeks ago in one of the messages. We're not getting out of here with any things, any stuff, any physical stuff. The only thing that we're coming out of here with is the people that we've led to faith in Christ and the people uh, that, that, that are with us that believe in Jesus. And so it's important, and I see this desire that Rahab has to see her family saved. She pleaded with the spies that, uh, the, the men of Israel for the lives of her family. She says, swear to me by the Lord. And, and she, she wanted assurance. <laughs> she wanted assurance of the fact that, she, uh, that her um, family would be saved. But not only did she profess a life of faith, she lived a life of active faith. Amen? We need to live a life of faith in action. If you're, you and I are going to live and leave a legacy of faith, we must live a life of faith in action. We must live out our faith. We need to profess it. We need to confess it. We need to profess it. And then we need to live it out. It has to be an active faith. We've got to live it out. And if we will live out our faith, it will cause us to trust God in the events of our lives, in the circumstances that we find ourselves in, even in the day-to-day -day situations. We will be put in uh, situations daily where it requires us to believe in God. And others will see. Others will see your faith. If you live out your faith, if you put your faith into action, it's not just something that you say or something that like one, at one point you said, well, I believe in God or I trust Jesus but it's something that you live out, other people are going to see that. Our kids will see that our faith is real. If we live it out, they will experience, when you live out your faith, the people around you will see. And in a family, your kids will experience the leading of the Lord. Your kids will experience the provision of the Lord. So Rahab has professed faith in God, but she doesn't stop there. She takes her faith to the next level. She puts her faith in action, and this is exactly what we must do. James put it this way in James chapter 2, verse 17. Thus also by faith itself, if it does not have works, is dead. We have to have faith and works. Amen? Because the works is a demonstration that we do have a saving faith so that we, ha that we must live it out. Rahab, the, the text goes on. 
and tells us in, in Joshua 2 that Rahab lets the, the men down through a window and out of the city. She lets them down and um, the men tell her that this is how she's going to be saved. That when Israel comes to take the city, that she must hang out of the window that she lets the men down from. She must hang what is called a scarlet cord. A scarlet cord. And she's got to hang that from that very window. And they tell her, if you will hang this scarlet cord from the window that you let us down from, you and your family will be saved. And so this is the thing now. This is the action that Rahab must take so that she and her family are saved. It's a scarlet cord. It's a scarlet cord. So Rahab is known for hanging the scarlet cord in her, her window. And you might think that she should be wearing a scarlet letter uh, like Hester Prynne from Nathaniel Hawthorne's The Scarlet Letter. But no, she wasn't wearing a scarlet letter. She was instructed to hang a scarlet cord. Now, it was one of the early fathers that made the connection. Uh, his name was Origen. Uh, that made a connection of connecting the color, the scarlet cord, connecting the dots to the, to the blood of Jesus. And I've done in, in my studies, and I've brought out in my book, Who is Jesus, and other places, that this scarlet here in the Old Testament is actually the word toloth. It's actually uh, from the toloth worm, and where they would take the toloth worm and the dye from, those wor from crushing those worms was the, was the scarlet that they would use in dyeing uh, textiles and such. And so this is uh, connected to uh, Christ in Psalm 22, which is a messianic psalm where it's literally, if you read Psalm 22, it's literally Jesus hanging on the cross, uh, but, but written 800 years before uh, crucifixion was a form of execution. And you have Jesus hanging on the cross, speaking from the cross. In fact, most of the words of Jesus from the cross are, are, are direct quotes from Psalm 22. And one of the things that the psalmist says in 22, and it's the, it's, it's the Messiah speaking, in Psalm 22, verse 6, he says, but I am a worm and no man. But I am a worm, and it's the word toloth there. And so we connect the dots from the tabernacle to the scarlet cord of Rahab hanging in the window to uh, the, the, the worm of Psalm 22 to Jesus hanging on the cross, shedding his blood for the remission of sins that is ultimately that what we put our faith and trust in and that our sins are forgiven through the blood of Christ being poured out upon the cross. In fact, Isaiah the prophet uh, says this in chapter 1, verse 18, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. 
So though your sins are scarlet, they'll be wool. And here Rahab, putting her faith in action, hanging the scarlet cord in the window that she had let them down. So we know from the passage, as you go on in Joshua, that the, the people of Israel come and they have a very unique uh, battle plan. In fact, it's not a battle plan at all. I mean, there's, God gave them instructions to just march around the city, you know, for seven days. And then on the seventh day, they marched around seven times. And after the seventh time, they blew horns and the walls of Jericho came down and Rahab and her family were saved on that particular day, even though the city was destroyed her and her family were saved because she hung the scarlet cord out of her window and she was saved, this act of faith that she obeyed in doing so. And so what I want to tell you guys this morning is this, that we've got to live out our faith. We've got to do the things that God has, has uh, put in his word. He, we've got to believe him. We've got to act out our faith day to day. We've got to be people of faith. We've got to be people that when tough times come, that we're not the people that cower in the corner, but we're the people that say, hey, let's take this to the Lord. Let's see what God's going to do. I, I, I want to encourage you because, because what I said earlier is that when you live a life of faith and when you live those things out, that you leave a legacy of faith because your kids see that. When you go through those situations, they're going to see that you trusted God and they're going to see the hand of God and what he did in providing for that situation. Have, have, have your kids and your family and those around you experienced you relying on Christ? Just looking back into my, our, our own family history, our family knows and can recall the, the events where we believed God and trusted God and didn't know where the provision was going to come from. You know, our family can remember, you know, standing on pieces of property and believing God that God was giving us the land to build and to do things. And we've stood at buildings believing God was going to give us that property for a time being for, to hold services for church and, in Orlando and, and here in Melbourne. And, and I want to just submit it to you today. Is, is, is there a legacy of living a life of faith? Because that's what's, what people are going to remember. And that's what's going to inspire people around us. So that they can become people of faith. So that they can realize that faith in Jesus is real. That faith in Jesus changes our lives and our eternities. And it changes our day to day. Amen? And it, and it did so for Rahab. It did so for her. She, Rahab found salvation in the one true living God. She ends up coming away from the destruction of Jericho and being kind of grafted into the people of Israel. In fact, the Bible goes on to tell her story that she marries a man named Salmon who is from the tribe of Judah. And this is how it's recorded for us. Uh, she comes into, she marries into the royal line of Judah. Of course, David comes from Judah, right? So, and this is how it happens. We see the genealogy of Jesus. 
And Salmon begot Boaz. And Boaz begot Obed. And Obed begot Jesse. And Jesse begot David. So what's that? I don't know if you caught that. Salmon begot Boaz. Rahab was Salmon's wife. Actually, Rahab begot Boaz, right? So, so, so she actually becomes the mother of Boaz and an ancestor of David and ultimately an ancestor of Jesus. All because she moved towards God. She began to confess God. She professed faith in God. And she acted out her faith in the God of Israel. Amen? And so I want to encourage you on this Mother's Day. On Mother's Day, we, Father's Day, these types of holidays, we like to think about passing on, being a good mother, being a good father, and passing on those things to our kids and our posterity, right? And one of the things, and we've talked about it here, the most important thing that's in a category by its own that we can pass on to our kids is faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus. And we've got to profess it and we've got to live it out. Amen? I want to close with this. It, are you professing a faith in Jesus? I want to encourage you to do that. And if you are, I want to encourage you to continue to do that. We need to be people who daily profess and confess Jesus. Are the actions of your life actions of faith? Are there actions of faith in Christ? Are there actions where you're believing in Jesus, where you're depending upon him, where you're praying and, and, and seeking the Lord and, and, and those around you can see that you are actively living for the Lord. This is what it means to live for God. And when you live for God, that's when you can leave a legacy of faith. And I want to pass on the faith to my, my kids and so that they can pass it on to their kids. Amen. Uh, so this is the most important thing, living a life and leaving a legacy of faith.